Welcome to Caught Mode, round 109. This is the official video game podcast of Secret Friends Unite. I am Todd Oxtra, one of your hosts, joined by my favorite man on the far east coast, the Atlantic Sun, Mr. Mark Canardian Carabin. How you doing? Mark, I'm doing good. We, I, I, I was actually at the office this week, and our Canadian uh, team was in-house. They actually brought some Canadian products in. Uh, so there was like this weird like coffee crisp bar. You've never had a coffee. coffee. You, oh, right. You guys don't have coffee crisp. That freaks me okay. out. Okay. Yeah, we had a very proud Canadian like like branding on it. It was very good. Oh, I should have yeah. grabbed one. I, I kind of kicked myself. But they also brought in Canadian uh, tomato flavored potato chips of some sort. It was like a, a one ketchup. brand. I can't remember. It was ketchup. And then there was also a like a tomato flavor. It was like an all done brand or all, something like all, a weird all dressed. Yes. All dressed. There all you dressed. go. Yes. So Absolute there you go. Canadian staples, man. Uh, so yeah, so I've done a couple of Canadian exclusive snack uh, reviews or like talk about kind of things with the snack network. I brought one up. I forgot. It might've been coffee crisp actually. And I brought it up. I was like, you guys don't have coffee crisp. And Dave Moore just happened to have a coffee crisp on hand that he got from like Justin Masson or something. It like worked out really well, but like it always freaks me out when like something that I just take for granted, like our version of Smarties, like your Smarties are like the weird little chalky candy, right? The delicious. They're like 10 in a, a, a container and they're like delicious. They're very, very tart and sweet. Fine. We call those rockets because our Smarties <laughs> are like a better version of M&M's. Oh, that's different then. Yeah. They're like oh. candy coated chocolate. Like they're amazing. Mm. They're, they're I, I don't know about this, Mark. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know about this. Um, but we do have world markets in the US, which are kind of like they get all of the international snacks and stuff, which is bridging the gap. We have like the bubble. We have the the Jaffa cakes from the, the UK. My wife is, you know, she lived in the, the UK for some time. So we do some of those things. But it was very exciting. So uh, it was great to get some more Canadian cheese from, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Masagua. Which is outside of Toronto. Yeah, yes, there you go. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. So it was great to get some Canadian influence in my my body for a change. So there you go. I'm Excellent. feeling like very international. Um, so uh, yeah, it was it was a good time being back at the office. It was very odd to do that. I haven't done that in almost three months. So it was a little bit of normality in my crazy life. But you know what is really cool to invite back a previous guest on our couch apparently he thought it was so comfy he's coming back and that's mr cheesy c64 we call him cheesy cheesy welcome back man thank you thanks for having me it's good to see you guys great to see you very exciting and if you're watching on video you're gonna see his shirt and just show that bad boy off just pick it up wear it in pride because many of us are jealous of you right now yeah for those that are uh just listening it is a uh long sleeve that says super nintendo world on it and then on one of the sleeves it's got some 8-bit uh mario items and uh yeah that was one of the things i picked up at super nintendo world such a great shirt yeah it's pretty cool we're so jealous so that so we're gonna go into this in our bonus round because you are all our bonus round you inspired this topic we're gonna get really excited about it um but we're gonna hear all about this because it's all the rage it's like gonna be the year of nintendo we know this because we've got the the theme park opening it was in japan mm-hmm. it's in the u.s now we've mm-hmm. got the mario movie and they graced us with their mario 10 day discounts or whatever we're calling that mario day with mario right. march 10th 
yeah, whatever. And then we're getting they're 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 blessing us with a switch with a pick a game. It's it's not like giving us a new game, but you know what? In their infinite wisdom, they're like and that's enough. The, the OG switch, you know, yep. Yep. Not, the, not the, the OLED, OLED. Red, double red controllers. Yep, yep, yep. Not even the cool one that was like the the blue overalls with the red things. Oh, so they're yeah, not yeah. Even like. They're not even going all in, but that's that's OK. We know Nintendo knows us well enough that we we love them uh, despite their <laughs> effort. It's like the, it's like the, it's like the boyfriend that does just enough. It's like I remember an anniversary. We're going to Applebee's and Mark. I don't know what the Applebee's equivalent is for Canada. Is it Swiss Chalet or is that is that is that like a real event? Swiss Chalet. Well, Swiss Chalet is just like it's it's great. Like it's good, but it's like everywhere. It's kind of like generically great. You know what I mean? Like. It's not but it's like, not special, right? It's not like not like super special. No, if you said learn, it's our tenth anniversary, Swiss Chalet, baby. Yeah, it's not. That's not happening. okay. Okay, here we go. So it's, it's <laughs> the Swiss Chalet of of anniversary gifts is the Mario Ten Bundle. Very good, but you're also getting a discount on games. So very very cool. So we're gonna go all in on Cheesy's Adventures. This is gonna be very cool, very exciting. We have lots of questions, uh, so many things to cover. Uh, it's very neat because you're you're not uh, near where the the location is. So I am not. You know, you can yeah. Just, yeah. So the fact that you got to go, that's awesome because it's a trip to get there in California. Yes. Um, yeah. So Hollywood Studios, Universal uh, Studios, Hollywood in in California. That's that's pretty amazing. So well, very very cool. So thank you for joining us again. We're gonna get all in on this. We're gonna get all into the fun. But before we do that, we have to take care of some business, some clerical work, some admin in regards to our Patreon. Uh, but the exciting part is, Mark, um, I think my charm and wit got us our latest Patreon. So that is CJ from One Hour, One Decision Podcast. He's been on many of our podcasts. He joined me recently on Secret Friends Unite, and because he apparently thinks I'm the coolest guy on the street, he is our most recent Patreon. So, you know, CJ, thank you so much for doing that. You join our other Patreons that we've had. We've had a great job uh, of, of really a good time just really doing things. Mark, you've been putting out the Canardian Corners. Tell me a little about the Canardian Corner because we haven't really talked about that yet. Yeah, yeah, I, I did. Yeah, right, because I, I talked about this on uh, on Holocron Chronicles, but not really here. So the Canardian's Corner is basically, um, so far I've been kind of changing up what I talk about. So if, if it's uh, like this week, it'll be like Mandalorian star wars focused and we just got some star wars news today so uh and i've been sick the last like three days so i i am kind of lucky in that sense because i was going to record something just mandalorian but now we have some more stuff to talk about but um basically yeah when we're talking about video games that's the week that i'm going to be talking about star wars stuff and when i talk about star wars stuff on holocron chronicles that's when i'm going to be talking about video game stuff on canardian's corner and if anyone's been following my stuff for a very, very long time. Uh, it's similar to kind of like warp whistle weekly where I used to do kind of like weekly recap videos of whatever caught my attention in that, that time span. Uh, so, so far I've covered, um, yeah, some, some video game stuff, uh, a long episode about, uh, one of my favorite Jedi and his super unique lightsaber. That would be Gunji who we, we saw in the bad batch, uh, not that long ago. And, um, yeah, some some uh, exciting news uh, that uh, you know that that's the kind of stuff that that uh, I'm covering. So uh, a little bit more in depth. You know, if I think we we hit on a topic here that I want to cover in more more depth or something like that, uh, that we just kind of skim over. That's another place that I can do that. So it's it's kind of varies 
based on the week, but, uh, that's, it's been fun so far. And, um, once I'm, I, I just keep getting hit with sickness and it sucks. Cause my, my recording voice sucks. I recorded one. Uh, Todd doesn't even know this. So I, I did record another episode a couple of weeks back that I scrapped cause I hated it. I sounded tired. I sounded sick and, uh, and then I recovered and I finally felt good. And then the last three days I've been sick again. So Mark, you need like a voice modulator, I think just like a uh, yeah, doctor or something like that. It's, it's, Ooh, uh, there you go. Todd, yeah. Toddler in daycare is just, uh, it's a, it's a nasty combination with the, and our winter has been so up and down. It'll be like super nice t-shirt weather. And then like, you know, turn the furnace up and, and put a sweater on. Like it's, it's just up, down, up, down. So it's, uh, it's really playing with everyone's kind of, um, immunities and sicknesses and, and all that fun stuff. So, um, it's going to become a little bit more regularly paced, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's fun. It's, it's, it's good to kind of get back into that, uh, free flowing solo video thing. It's different when you're talking to a couple of people here and it's, it's a whole different thing that I, I have to get back in the groove of. I, I, I did that for a while with the warp whistle, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's neat. Very cool. Yeah. And in, in our last release, Charlie just had a great interview with uh, a Star Trek Discovery actress. It's pretty awesome. Check that out. And I've been doing a lot of comic book uh, issues. Uh, the the latest spinner rack we did, uh, Teen- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Rat, Last Ronin, with Sean yeah. Capri and John Bernardo. Awesome. That was a l- great time. So uh, this That's is why good. we do Patreon, just to do deeper dives. The new trailer, Ninja Turtles, looks so good. I'm, I'm going to derail this completely, but uh, man, that looks just just great. Yeah, well, you know, and that's perfectly fine. I am a huge fan of that trailer. The, it looks like an oil painting. The 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 Enter the Spider Verse vibes are high in regards to the animation style and the you know we finally are getting teenagers as the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I love that. So I said to my brother, that was the exact text. Text I, I sent him the trailer, and I was like, they're actually teenagers. Like they sound and and act like stupid teenagers. Like it's us. Let's throw something around and. You know, if someone gets a knife in the leg, then uh, okay, sure. It's great. It's, it's great. It's Crazy. interesting that uh, Disney hasn't done anything like that yet. You know, like that kind of animation style, especially after how successful uh, Into the Spider Verse was, and I guess the new Puss in Boots movie is the same way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I do think that if we were to see anything Disney related, it also would be from Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg because they're supposed to be doing Darkwing Duck. Ooh. I think that that actually would work really well. I oh, that's so much. That would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, after the last DuckTales and all the things they brought forward with that, I would love it. Yeah. That's what I've been waiting for the MC, quite honestly, is animation to come to a broad release and do some crazy stuff that they just can't do live action. So yeah. that's what I'm hoping comes next. Well, yeah, we're getting... I mean, we're getting off track a little bit, but like we're getting uh, uh, Spider-Man... Uh, what is it like? Yeah. Freshman year, year. freshman year. We're getting next one ninety seven. So yeah, they yeah. are going into it a little bit, which is nice. And we've yeah. got Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, which I just watched, yeah. which is marks perfect for your kids because it's a little little younger it's, skewing. It's yeah. not here yet. It's not what? It's like one it's on of Disney Plus now. That that's I've, weird. Well, that's it. I, it's one of the only things that I've seen so far hmm. that's not on par in like Canadian versus us Disney. Oh. The only other things that I've seen is, uh, I think you guys got a couple of shows, uh, how I met your father, I think is one of them where you guys just got it all is a one dump. Uh, it's on Hulu. 
Okay. Yeah, it's on Hulu already, though. That's why. Yeah, a little different. So we don't have Hulu here. So everything gets uh, dumped into Disney Plus and like Star or whatever it's called. Yeah. Like the adult section of it. So we get a couple of releases differently, but this is the only one I've seen so far. And I called them out on, on Twitter and never got a response of like, where's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur? Because it looks awesome. And mm-hmm. uh, Finn's obsessed with dinosaurs. Like it looks like a perfect. It's very cute. It's very cute. It's just nowhere to be found so far in Canada. So weird and frustrating. Yeah. Well, folks, if you like this type of geeky, you know, discussions that are not video game, Secret Friends Unite. Go there. We'll talk about it. I talked about Devil, uh, you know, Devil Dinosaur and Moon Girl, uh, and I'll be talking about all the stuff that's coming out. So very exciting uh, times. And Cheesy, you've got an open invitation if you want to talk about things that are not video games. I mean, I was already nerding out when you were talking about the new Star Wars news that we got today. So, yeah. Let's go. All right. Well, very good. So uh, we want to say thank you, though, to our existing patrons because we were talking about Patreon. Uh, That's why we're here. And, you know, the folks that support us, that have been supporting us the longest, have been uh, Jamie Prinky, who is a best bud. And then uh, our BFFs, Sean, Stella, and Henry Nias, and Missy Merchant. Thanks, guys. They're active in the Discord, and that's where you need to be. Be there. uh, Even if you're not a patron, we're having a good time. Absolutely. Well, Mark, you had the last buy, rent, return. I picked this buy, rent, return, and I am being fully honorable in this one. I'm not picking any goofy Todd antics. I almost put something goofy in this, and I did not. Playing straight up, I'm all in. Although I didn't play into more of the Nintendo aspect, which considering the audience, except for me, might have been a little bit of a cheat, but that's okay. You know, we're going to try to stretch everyone. I do kind of want to know what joke weapon you were going to throw in here. Okay, well, I'll I'll let you know. So we picked weapons this week, and I was trying to feel like weapon versus power-up. So I almost picked like a Mario Kart, like blue shell. But I'm like, is that a power-up or is it a weapon? So I'm like, you know what? I just went with a weapon because it's something you use all the time versus something you get up as like a random power up like the flower fire flower or something like that so it was weird to make that determination so i picked weapons these are things you carry with you all the time depending on the game so i picked blades of chaos from god of war galhorn from destiny and the master sword from legend of zelda the one that i almost put in here was the keyblade okay the the keyblade is a really touchy subject if you're not a kingdom heart fan because a lot of people are like oh kingdom hearts it's like the sonic of anime games in a lot of way for a lot of people i don't mind it i like the first two games and the rest i just fell off but there's some people that are so like insane fans of it that it's like you can't even mention the word or you will be attacked because you will get it wrong so i decided to leave that alone and not make a million enemies so i think that was a wise decision so cheesy with you if you're going to the 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 the, the weapon rental store mm-hmm. and you had yeah. to buy one, rent one, and return one of these weapons, what would you pick? Uh it's so tough. Uh because just out of pure honesty, I'm not familiar with two of them. <laughs> so uh that makes it a little tough. It makes it, does it a make little, little tough. tough. But just Do you like want me to give you a little bit of a, a yeah. dramatic introduction? I would love that. Yes. Perfect. And Mark, can, if you would want to take one of them, Mark, you can. I don't want to take all the, the okay. joy because because you were a Destiny fan. So you could probably yes. speak to the glory of Galahorn. A little bit. 
Yep. Okay. So I'll do the Blades of Chaos. So this is Kratos's from God of War, his standard melee weapons. They are for melee. He can throw them out like almost like whips. Um, he can use them in tandem. He makes mm-hmm. fire with them. He can add okay. different elemental effects. He can make them go up in the air. It is like a chaos glory destruction it's wonderful when you see what they can do and they've been part of the series even the most recent iteration of god of war 2018 that was one of the big surprises where you then are revealed that you do get the chaos bleeds back and it was just like such a a a a, a wonderful moment it's kind of like when you finally got the master sword in breath of the wild right it was Mm kind of like Oh, we got it. This is like huge. And it was yeah. the same way in God of War. So that was why Blades of Chaos is kind of like it's a it's a it's a it's so tied into Kratos and mm-hmm. it is such fun and uh, awesome to use in its in its uh nature. So that is that one. Um Gallahorn Mark, do you want to take that one or do you want me to do it? Yeah, I can totally. Uh Gallarhorn originally was like the weapon in Destiny. Um, it's, it was an exotic rocket launcher. It was the only rocket launcher. It could still be standing in this. I haven't played destiny two in a long time, but, uh, it was the only one that had like tracking missiles that functioned separately. So it fired a bunch of missiles and it basically like made it, it was almost a requirement for like later raid stuff. Like if you were doing raids, if you were looking in like LFG groups and stuff like that, like it was some of them would have it listed like Gallarhorn required or like, you know, it was just like you weren't playing if you didn't have this weapon. It was like the thing to have. It was kind of tough to get, uh, you know, Zer who sold exotic weapons only had it a few times. Um, it was like, it was, yeah, it was, it was the weapon. It was just, you know, like, yeah, you, you had to have it. Okay. You know, it, was, it was it was just it was a badass, but also it was just like a badass rocket launcher, right? That's like, like a lion's head on it. Lions. It was it was a cool design, like white yeah. gold and and stuff. Uh, it was just, um, yeah, like that. What what else would like dragon's breath? I think and there was a couple of that was thorn was which was one of my favorite handguns that had poison on it uh yeah there was one it was like one in the chamber where it was like a weapon you it was a sniper where you fired it and if you got a critical hit it would just automatic reload -reload, with the weapon it it was great so it, it is and it was one of those things where to mark's point it was if you missed it you missed it and everybody was jealous and then they finally allowed Zer to sell it again, which was great. So Zer is like the 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 merchant from Resident Evil Four. What you buying? He's hidden yeah. off. He's it's just so funny. Where's Zer? We got to find him. And um, yeah, and then they brought it back many other times, but it's not the same. And Destiny's never been able to replicate that type of must have item. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was such a community moment that it was amazing. So when you could get it again, yeah. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, it's destiny is around for eight years because of certain things. And Gallahorn, I think is one of those, those key contributors. Um, do you need me to explain master sword? You know, while you're at it, you <laughs> might as well. <laughs> well, you know, it's blue. It does mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. It's great. If you, if you yeah. charge it up, you, you turn around, I think. Yeah. You so, swipe yeah. things. <laughs> I mean, as you two were explaining the the first two, I think I already came up with my answer. Like, I think uh, Blades of Chaos, I would buy because it sounds like it just can do everything. 
Um, and the Gallahorn, um, sounds like something that I would want to just like play around with to say I've experienced it. You said it's a big community thing. So it was like, you know, if I at least said that I've, I've, uh, tried it, then I'm part of the community and I can talk about it. And the master sword, as much as I love Zelda, um, it, it breaks. So, mm. yeah, Fair. I wish that it didn't. But you but can it, shoot it if you don't get hit in the original Legend of Zelda, which was awesome. True. true. I guess, yeah, it depends on what Master Sword we're talking about. Mm. The new one looks badass, but I'm sure that's going to break too. The, it's uh, kind of like broken though, isn't it? Like yeah, corrupted? It's, 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 it's barely broken. a blade. It's, it's yeah. Looks like it's grabbing uh, some energy yeah. from the Twilight Realm potentially to, to continue the blade. It, it's in, It's interesting. Yeah. It's got some holes in it. It looks like somebody left it in the dishwasher and, uh, you know, it's like melted off a little bit. It's like when I look at my son, I give my son something and I come back and five weeks later, it's like, uh, where's that thing I gave you? Like his trumpet. (laughs) Oh, it doesn't work anymore. Dad, that thing you spent. Yeah. It's just that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Was that, what do you think of my answers? Just no, I, I, I appreciate your honesty in it because You know, the easy answer would be like, oh, I love Nintendo, so it's Master Sword. But I think about Master Sword, and I go back to the original NES game and, like, charging it up, you spin around, all those things. Very cool. Yeah. But ultimately, it wasn't the best weapon in the world. Didn't do much. It's just iconic from the way it looks. Mm-hmm. Right. And I guess it depends on the person that's using it. You know, how skilled are you at using uh, swords? Mm-hmm. Which could be said for any weapon, but especially with the Master Sword, I think... You know, you might have to have some kind of paperwork that says, oh, yeah, I'm, I I can use the Master Sword. That's like the you need a uh, Indigo Montoya. I, yeah, you, know, yeah. you need him to train you first <laughs> yep. before you're really proficient. Yeah, with his left hand. Apparently, it wasn't worth that much because the guy's just hanging on a cave and just says, take this. True. You know? yeah. yeah. You have to show any identification. So he's like, <laughs> hey, I got 13 in the back. <laughs> yeah. Wait for the next guy to show up. <laughs> oh boy well i appreciate your honesty cheesy and your open-mindedness to try new things so you know i would say watch watch videos of some of these other things because they're they're fun to watch yeah Yeah. it's it's definitely it's definitely a fun time so uh mark about you man i'm gonna mix it up slightly i'm gonna say buy blades of chaos i'm agreeing with that for cheesy however i am i'm gonna rent the master sword just because I want to, well, honestly, I want to see what that new master sword's all about the, the twilight energy kind of deal. Um, and it's just such an iconic weapon and Gallarhorn, even though I was a destiny player and I had a Gallarhorn, I found the way that I played and the groups that I played with, everyone was rocking Gallarhorn. Mm. So I was usually that odd one out that was saying like, you know what? I'm going to use that sniper or I'm going to use something else that I felt would complement it better rather than having four of the same weapons. You know, you three are doing this and I'm going to do the precision shots or I'm going to do this thing to mix things up a little bit. And uh, for me, that was a little bit more of an interesting role to play of some sort of technical support or a technically different role in, in destiny. So I always want it to be different. So even though I had one, it was in my locker and I always want it to be 
a different role. So Gallahorn for me is going to be a return and I'm going to pick one of the other awesome weapons in destiny just to be a weirdo. So would you say that you were, um, embarrassed of your community? No, no, not at all. Not well, you all. just, you didn't want to like be like them. You didn't want to rock the same weapon as them. No, for me, it was, it was, what else can I bring to the table? What would be more interesting for me to play as? Okay. And it was, uh, you know, if, if, it, yeah, for me, it was, it was like, I, I've played, I played raids and I played, you know, missions and stuff where mm-hmm. it was just, you know, a full fire team going in Gallahorns ablazing, and it was, it was fine. Mm-hmm. But for me, if I could mix it up and add a different support or a different tactic to it, mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to do. And, yeah. uh, you know, if it, it sometimes I'd get kicked out of a group because they would be looking like, Oh, you don't have a Gallahorn with you. No. Well, I'm going to use this kicked. So my locker, um, I got to go back to my planet and get it. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> it's my ship. Um, yeah. But for me, it was, uh, it, it was also like, I want it to explore other games or other, other weapons in the game. Um, you know, it was, it, it was not always win, 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 get all the loot. It was, it was like, okay, well like the game's more than just a heat seeking rocket launcher. Like, mm-hmm. You know, you, you can't play Turok and use the cerebral borer for every single kill. It's just, you know, it's it's fun to watch and the raptor's head explodes, but like kind of becomes monotonous after a little while. So uh mix it up a bit, you know? It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was a fantastic weapon and the, the hunt for the Gallahorn was for me the my favorite the part. Journey. It was, like it was the, the journey. journey to get it. It yeah. was such a big deal. And when I got it, I remember like standing up and like throwing my headset and just being like, yes, I got it. Yes, I got it. And the people that were worth it, like freaking out, whatever. And, uh, you know, it was cool. And then to use it a couple of times, but then afterwards it was, uh, you know, like, what else do I have? What else can I bring mm-hmm. to the table? Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that was, that was kind of the feel. So, uh, it was, it, it was iconic, but I have to, if I have to return one, it's going to be that. Yeah, it's it's very much a part of a team and what you need to complement it. And when everybody has a Galhorn, it doesn't feel as special and you don't feel like you're contributing in a certain way. It's kind of like Splatoon. You want when you rock a crew, you want people that complement things versus everybody has the same uh tool set like cheesy. You play a lot of Splatoon. You know you don't want everybody to have the same skill set, the same load up and everything, the same rollers or, you know, those different things. It's like cuz you know it's not going to get you when you need to hit against other teams that are going to probably be different enough and everybody brings a skill set that's going to need, be needed to, yeah. you know, mark that map. So yeah, yeah it's, it's very similar to that. Yeah. Like, it's like, you need a, a I need a wizard or, or, or yeah. I need a, uh, I need, I need all these different things. I need a Vanguard, I need Titan. I need this to get my crew together and you need this setup. And my, my son's been playing, you get a kick out of this Mark. Logan has been playing Destiny 2. He played the new uh, the new uh, expansion. He's played 500 hours in Destiny 2. Wow. I've only played 250 hours in Destiny 1, and then Destiny 2 I played maybe 100. So wow. my son is the master, um, and he's got a lot of free time on his hands. But yeah, same thing. So, right. oh well. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, for me, um, this is a hard one because, to your point, um... I think the Blades of Chaos is your every day. You got to have it. It is your, it's going to clear out rooms and you might get something new and pretty, but you go back to the Blades of Chaos. They are amazing. They do so many cool things and they are highly effective. 
and it is you know you it is your way to go it's like it's like master chief's you know battle rifle it is the one you go back to it is the the have to have um when you're getting in there um so i would say that's the buy um you know the galhorn is probably a rent uh just because it is something i want to have and have access to just if I need it to bring it back in because it is cool when you use it. It is neat. Those tracking, you know, uh, rockets coming in, it is neat, but everyone has one now. So it's not as special. Uh, and the master sword to your point. Yeah. It just feels like it's something that's not as exciting as it probably could be. I don't know if there will, I mean, it's neat when you get it in breath of the wild, but, and it is the weapon you can bring back. You get to charge it up again. Uh, but it is not like, wow, it made me that much better at breath of the wild when I had it which was probably the most deflating thing. It was kind of like, well, I got this cool, uh, you know, ice wand that's cooler and neater and it's neat and it's been all leveled up. So, you know, or I get something from the castle um, from Breath of the Wild that's much higher leveled anyways and it's more effective. So, yeah, it kind of took out that, like, uh, excitement. But, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a neat mix, and I'm glad we had a good discussion about this because it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I could have picked a million different things. I mean, also went with like Master Chief and like the what was it the the plasma sword in in, in Halo. Oh, yeah. um, that would have been cool because it's a neat weapon. It's like a one hit kill, so it's kind of nice to have. But you know, it runs out of its charge, so then you got to get another one. So it's kind of limited uh, limited usability. So let us know, folks, if the blue oh, shell is a, a weapon. And uh, I think it could be considered a, a weapon, especially with like, you know, the advertising that they have around the spiny shell, the blue yeah. spiny shell for the Mario movie. It seems like we're mm-hmm. going to get a little bit of backstory as to how that works. And I'm kind of nervous. Like, does he get a new shell every time? Like, does he explode? Is it what? like what's happening there? Is there a real yeah. Koopa in there? <laughs> Is yeah. there a real Koopa inside that that you're just yeah. destroying every time? Yeah. Ooh. Poor kids. <laughs> we, need, we need some deep yeah. lore. On the Nintendo's yeah, exactly. just for kids. Exactly. It's like when they they described, like, I guess the original lore of Nintendo, like the people of uh, whatever the, 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 the country of wherever Mario's, uh, where they're in the, 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 the uh, what is mushroom it? The, the mushroom kingdom. Mushroom they're kingdom. actually, the bricks are people. So when you crush them, you're actually killing people. It's very dire and weird uh so don't really look into that kids you don't want to kind of like when mark talked about all those weird freaky pokemon i don't want to know those lore because it just makes you feel like wow this isn't for kids anymore kids stop watching nintendo but i did want to hit on uh the winner gamer uh brendan myers did say he had some choices on this uh he's going to return galhorn because melee weapons are more personal good point rent master sword because it's mostly used for banishing evil that's not a bad thing though right unless you like evil um, and then by blades of chaos with being able to create flames comes in handy, especially when dealing with the winter snow and ice, being able to throw them and twirl them just around. It seems like it would be, I would be grinning ear to ear when using them. It is like a ballet of death. And you know what? Who doesn't like a ballet of death? It's my favorite dance. That's definitely the best kind of ballet. <laughs> you know, a black swan. That's too creepy anyway. So nobody wants to talk about that. Oh, well. Um, so we're going to get on what we've been playing. So we talked about the, the weapons we would secure if we had our, our druthers. But what have we been playing? So Cheesy, what have you been playing, man? I uh, just finished uh, Metroid Prime last night, the remaster. And it is right. a phenomenal game. It is so good. And How did you play it? it? Um, 
like control wise is like that what control mean? wise yes because yeah. they've got every control scheme under the sun i did dual stick and i okay. think it, it worked really well nice yeah like the pro controller or are you doing like dual sticks uh, pro with the uh, pro cons pro controller Most, so you're doing handheld yeah i mean i'm guilty of buying so many joy con and like a hundred percent of my time is on a pro controller I think it's it's one of the best. There's nothing wrong with that that's out there. No, I know, but I feel guilty of all of these different like uh, controllers. And then part of like having the Joy-Con is like if people come over, they're like, "Oh, well, we want to play." And you're like, "Yeah, I've got a thousand controllers. None of them are yeah. charged, so let me." <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, I don't want to charge because I have to send 80, back to Nintendo carousels. <laughs> yep. <Yeah>. Yep. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, let me let me get my charging pack out and uh, we'll wait a few hours. And then, you know, by that time, are you still going to want to play? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Such a sad story. But yeah. Uh, Metroid <laughs> Prime. It, I'm just so happy that Samus is getting the love that she deserves. And uh, I hope that we see more of it. I hope we get Met- Metroid Prime 2 and uh, and 3. And in a way, it makes me wonder if you know, if we are getting a switch two or whatever the next thing is, if this is their way of testing, if Metroid can be uh, a game at release, Mm. because right now Metroid is not really a big seller. However, Mm. with Metroid dread and how big that sold and now Metroid prime remaster and now fusion is coming out on Mario day there. It just seems like they're kind of testing the waters a little bit to see if, this could be a big seller. Yeah, absolutely. If you know what, if they gave Metroid the same kind of marketing treatment that they gave Fire Emblem, like yeah. it's just you they, they drilled Fire Emblem so much. They still do. I'll get yeah. like a tweet streak notification from Nintendo that's just like, hey, Nintendo, and it's just like Fire Emblem characters or like a background or something or like an advertisement for this or that. It's like Holy crap, man. Like they, you can't be a Nintendo fan and not know something about Fire Emblem. If they did the same thing and put the same energy into Metroid, like you would be going to Super Metroid World. Like you could, like it just, it could be everywhere. So I love, like you said, that they're, you know, Dread kind of lit this spark again. And we're seeing Fusion, we're seeing this out. Like, yeah, let's go. I'm I'm hoping the same thing. Mark, you make a great point because as as much as they push Fire Emblem, they have, and there's been like 85 Fire Emblem games, the Warriors, all these things, and they beat and Smash really brought them to the forefront. Like people actually, oh, this is a thing. Oh, I want to know these more characters. Um, and I don't think any of those games have sold more than like two million, but we know Dreads probably sold about three million, and we know that Remaster is selling out at least on the physical form and it's 40 bucks digitally so it i don't know how nintendo is going to report this out but it seems like there's more people that would get into metroid than there would be in fire emblem that's just me from like a lens of what's easier to get into versus here's all these kids at a school and it's turn-based and it's like that doesn't seem like it's like a wide i mean it's it's kind of niche and i totally get that but yeah it just seems weird that nintendo is like it's all on fire emblem but i'm like you've got so many people that are into metroid and want it to happen we just want you to care about nintendo and it seems like 
we're on that cusp of dread and then this and sh- but shadow dropping just seems like the weirdest thing because i'm like i don't yeah. know if that hurt it or helped it from like a uh marketing perspective right it gets the initial hype up but like in in today's market slash climate slash economic situation kind of thing like it's tough on a lot of people right like that it's like yeah do I afford bread or a new video game or, you know, it's like, it's, mm. it's tough. Right. So, um, yeah, I think shadow dropping something a year or two ago, awesome move shadow dropping something right now when people can't plan, even if it is just 40 bucks, like for a lot of people, that's 40 bucks that they would have to plan out for a couple of weeks in advance. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a different kind of climate right now with, uh, with everything being more expensive and, uh, you know, purse strings being a little tighter so shadow dropping yeah it's kind of risky this i don't know I, for me anyway that's kind of how i've seen it so far and um and i'm a, I'm a okay example not like that i'm super broke but i just bought finn a bed so i was like i'm not buying a video game this week screw that i just dropped. mark you can't play a bed man screw that <laughs> I, know, but I was like i just dropped a just a sickening amount of money on a kid's bed and uh you know paw patrol blankets and shit so i was just like i just like 40 bucks for me is just like i'm just I, I, no i'm good i have other stuff to play as you will see in a second um but that like i'm one person that should have been like yes i'm ready to go but it was like that extra 40 bucks that i was just like yeah. mm-hmm. not after dropping a fucking like just ridiculous amount of money on like beds are expensive man i haven't bought a bed in a long time so <laughs> and they don't they get suck. just one bed mark They'll get yeah. another bed when they're older. So enjoy well, that. No, so, uh, so yeah. This was like, and that's like, I kind of bought like a big, I didn't buy like the little baby race car bed. Like I bought them like a real, like, you know, the real like mattress box kind of whatever deal. Oh, oh, we did that. We did fun. that. Yeah, exactly. We, we yeah, we, we did the, cool. we did the, the bigger boy bed and then we had to buy Logan a teenager bed. So yeah, mm, yeah, yeah, you'll get yeah, into that. that. Yeah. In, you know, 15 years or something. Yeah. yeah you're good for like a good now. Unless he like starts complaining. Yeah. Um, I did going, going back to what you said, like which one is easier to get into. Mm. I think it might be fire emblem. And I'm saying that as somebody that hasn't even played fire emblem before, I think that Metroid maybe it just, there's a lot of backtracking in Metroid. So maybe Mm. people don't have the patience Mm. to play through that. And there's not really fast travel. Um, and I don't really know if I want fast travel because then it's not a Metroid game. Right. And Interesting. it's not, not as handholdy a lot. Of, like the Metroid games are tough. Yeah. Like if you like anyone that played dread, like I know a lot of people that just gave up on dread or, you know, just, Mark, that's kind you can say Todd, Todd gave up on dread. <laughs> it's not just you, Todd. It's not, I'm not pointing you out. I'm, there's a lot of people, um, that, that you know, didn't finish that game where, I haven't really played Fire Emblem games, but it seems like they are a little bit more standard. Like you can grind and like most RPGs, you can kind of grind your way through and level up and, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of experience the story. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think you like barrier to entry gameplay wise. I think you're right on. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting comparison. I tried a Fire Emblem on 3DS. I tried it. I'm like, this is like nothing is happening. I'm having too much dialogue about people. It's about relationships. I'm like, where is the actual game? And to me, it was just like, it was very anime heavy and I totally get it. So for me, it's like from actually trying to get in the game, Fire Emblem's just 
it's a, it's a tough nut to crack. I think if you're a fan of that, and that's where I think is there are fans of that type of game that are all in on that. Now where I think people, there's a broad range of people that are into Metroidvanias and difficult games these days. So I think that is a bigger audience outside of the rest. So I'm like, I think it's poised to be huge. And if mm-hmm. Nintendo can, 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 can tee it up in a right way, but once again, shadow dropping it, not getting out broadly, only communicating to certain people that are in the know, uh, I think it'd be. So I think Metroid Prime 4 is maybe the game because I think that could be the where they really get into it to say it's a modern game. It's not a remaster from 20 years ago. We can mm. learn what we've done to make games, uh, especially with retro behind it, because I think retro made a fantastic game 20 years ago and now they're just updating it to now making a game. I think that's the studio that can really nail this. And, yeah. and I was telling cheesy before we started, I did not play the game right away. I originally played it on a GameCube, did not beat it. And apparently she's saying, Todd, you're almost done with the game. Like, but I stopped because I couldn't beat it. So I'm coming back to the game to beat it. Um, I, but I bought the physical copy because mm-hmm. I don't know. When it comes to Nintendo, when they do certain things on digital, I'm a little iffy sometimes. And especially if I want to share the game, um, digital is not easy to share on Switch. So I'm like, I can let, I can just give it to a friend. Or if you have uh, a family, Mark, I would not recommend digital with you and Finn. Because guess what? Do you want to buy two copies of a game just so you can both play it or say, here to son, don't lose it and play the game? We, uh, we had this discussion on the weekend. My brother... Uh, and his girlfriend just kind of moved in together and uh, they both have switches. And we were, we were talking this exact thing of like, you know, like he was asking a couple of games that I've been playing and stuff. And he's like, Oh, digital physical. And I was like, you know, digital. And he's like, shit, I'd love to just grab that from you. And I was like, we got to start buying physical games and just being and just able share to share, it. especially yeah. single player stuff. So like Metroid prime, I, I might actually buy that physical just to be able to be like, here, play this. Cause it's, it's not like I'm worrying about jumping online. Like if it's something like Mario Kart, like that should be always on my system. I'm good to go. Splatoon, same difference. But like that kind of thing, Pokemon Snap, I actually bought physical because Loren wanted to check it out and it's such a pain in the butt. So like right now between four of us, there's four switches and a couple of years, you know, I'm sure Finn will get a hand-me-down as one of us upgrades and stuff. Like it's, um, yeah, it's, it's uh, so easy, like you said, to just, it's why I got the Metro. It's why I got the Mario Collection, 3D All Stars. That game is not digital to anybody. Now it's like the people. If you have a physical copy, I can yeah. give it to people to play. Which is just such a thing. I'm like, how many people more? How many more people bought a Switch after that game came out and was no longer available? And it's like, sorry, you're late to the party. You should have bought a Switch three years ago. It's just such a weird mindset, so, you know, yeah. just to keep their games away from people. So, oh, well, um, but to your point, I did get the game. I'm playing it again. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. And there's, there's one point though. I think this is funny. Somebody mentioned this. I think maybe Joey Ferris talked about this. He said, is scanning a mm. good or a bad thing in Metroid prime? And I said, I think in perspective, it's a great option. I think it's way too overdone, and I think you spent, just like when you were in detective mode in Arkham Knight, you tend to just scan everything. And it's like, now I'm just scanning everything versus just enjoying the mode and the, move, the mood I'm in. So now I'm scanning random shell on the ground. I'm like, that doesn't seem interesting to me. So it's losing its <laughs> like impact, and I'm like, maybe using it more selectively as like almost like a detective to learn your environment versus like, I'm just going to use it all the time. And now it's like, I'm like, God. I feel like that's all I'm doing. It's a scanning game with some selective shooting. That 
I get that. Kind of differentiates it, right? Like that, because Metroid Prime's not a first-person adventure shooter. game. No, it's an adventure it's a first-person game. adventure game. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So I think they had to do that for the first one, especially of like slow things down, scan this, explore the environment, figure out the puzzle, figure out what happened here. This is not Call of Duty. This is not like think of the games we were getting back then. This is what it, you know, cause it wasn't those type of games. This wasn't a running mm-hmm. gun, shoot them up. It wasn't time splitters. It wasn't like that kind of thing. Right. Like, it was a lot of jumping in, in a three, in a first person yeah. 3d zone, which was different as well, which took some handholding to figure out. I just thought if it was a little bit more selective versus yeah. I'm going to scan 18 things in a room to me, it's like, Oh, now it's just like, it's not giving me back really interesting information most of the time. It's like, oh, I think so. they fixed that in the later ones, though, didn't they? Like, the, I think the second and third, like, I don't think maybe scan heavy, if my memory serves me correctly. For me, I'm a I'm a big like uh, world building guy. Like, I mm-hmm. love to know the the world that I'm in. So mm. I was scanning everything and just to learn new lore. Um, However, I, I do understand that it, it does become repetitive and like, especially if you're going for a, a completion, uh, like a hundred percent, it's annoying. And there may be some things that you missed. Like I finished and I think I had like 67% done. Uh, oh, you can track it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's almost like, almost like a trophy system without a trophy system. For yeah, achievements. And like it will tell you how many things that you've scanned. So it'll oh. be like, you've scanned over 50% of what's in the game. Here's some uh, bonus features in the extra mode. Uh, <laughs> but it's also kind of disappointing because you're like, oh, well, what did I miss? You know, like, yeah. I, and even if you are a world building person, there's things that you missed and maybe those are, were important. Uh, some things you do need to scan in order for the game to continue. Yeah. So I get that. Mm-hmm. But others, maybe, I don't know, maybe they have like a mode with, would that help if they were like, you know, these are the things that you need to scan. If you want to scan everything mm. else you can. Cause yeah, I, I get that it slows down the game for some people and people are probably just like mashing through a, and they don't really care. Yeah. Like a, yeah, golden path scan mode or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's almost like the detective mode. What's like where you're trying to figure out like if I use it all the time, am I really paying attention to the environment or is it always in detective mode in like Arkham the game? So it's like it's like what's the good way to like to your point, cheesy, to give you lore to mm-hmm. to learn more at the environment versus like uh, how about you limit what I can scan. So you give me the lore that you think is important to build the world versus once again, it's another uh, pirate in the ground that I've killed already. It's going to give me the same thing I've already learned. Yeah. Maybe don't do that. And just you limit the good in the new or something. I will say if there's uh, if you die after like scanning something like you're you're fighting a boss and then you die, but you didn't have that saved before you have to go and scan it again. So that part is annoying. Like I wish that wasn't a thing because there probably were times where I had died and then I go back into that world and the things that I had already scanned technically aren't scanned. Yeah. 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 It seems like busy work then, right? Like you're like, okay, well I got to go back and do it versus yeah, this is fun for the second and third time because some of those bosses are rough. Well, there were times where, where I would like scan something and then I would just go back to a safe station 
just to say, okay, I've scanned that. I don't need to scan right. it again. Right. Yeah. Oof. Like, I, there's no, and there's no fast okay. travel, right? So then it's right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that's that's a tough one. Very very good. Awesome. Well, I I think I mentioned I am going to revenge this game and beat it eventually complete it as i said but it's really cool i'm hoping my son really enjoys it because he didn't enjoy it with the wii controls so i think he's going to really enjoy it with the dual sticks mark what were were you playing uh so i've been i've been picking out a couple of things um for the most part I'll run through a couple of things very, very quickly. Uh, so Pokemon Scarlet just had like a Pokemon Direct. They announced a couple of new things, but they announced two new legendaries that you could do raids on. Um, Iron Leaves and I forget the other one's name. should have looked that up. Anyway, there's two, uh, one for each version. Uh, but the nice thing about that is uh, you can jump in and do the one that's specific to your version, but then you can jump online and join a raid to get the other one. So uh, after a bit of grinding, because they were like super tough, like five or six star raids, whatever the toughest one is, um, I basically had to get the two Pokemon that I used for the raids up to like level 94, 95 in order to uh, to contribute with my team. And uh, anyway, I caught them. They're limited time only. So I think there's like two or three weeks to catch these. And then who knows when they'll be back. Um, So that's the first kind of like little bit of the DLC additional stuff that they've announced. Mm -hmm. And the rest of it's going to be coming later. Um, So it was a good way to get back into Pokemon Scarlet and kind of like re start retraining my team and really buffing them up to take on these harder level raids. Because once I finished the game, it was kind of like, I know I could do these raids, but do I want to for other terraforms or this or that? But like when it's exclusive Pokemon, that's when I'm going to start to go after it. So, uh, so now my team's kind of encroaching on that, like level 100 kind of thing. Like I have this OP kind of team that's built and ready for anything. And, uh, and now I'm kind of thinking of like, okay, well, if I could save this team and then restart with another team, what would that structure look like? So it's kind of cool to go back into Pokemon Scarlet get ready and hyped for the DLC and uh, continue exploring around that game. Uh, another one I've been playing Mario and Luigi superstar saga for the GBA on Nintendo switch online. Um, this is a game that I dabbled in a little bit back on the GBA because my cousin owned it. I never owned this one. So I liked like the, the super Mario RPG kind of style game, mm-hmm. but never fully played this. So it's really cool to play. And, uh, also a fun little way to play around with like the different settings on the GBA mode. Um, so like, you know, smoothing or small screen handheld, what's it look like on a 4k TV, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and the game's really fun. The humor holds up everything, um, kind of really holds up in this, uh, that, that experience. And it's a slow enough paced game that I can like, you know, create a save state back out, jump back in, mess around with whatever setting I like, how's it look, you know, that, that kind of stuff. So, uh, it's good. And I can just kind of pick at it while I'm doing something else. So that's like been my handheld game the last little bit. Uh, and the last one that I'm really kind of diving into, uh, but I only started this one recently. So I'm about maybe two, two and a half hours into this one is atomic heart just dropped on game pass a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, it's interesting. I'll say the, uh, the opening I found was incredibly slow. Like I found myself 
almost kind of ready to just like shut it off and just say like, why, why did I choose to play this instead of buying Metroid this week? What's wrong with me? Like it was, it was that kind of like, there was one point where you walk through this, you know, like this town or whatever to get to a tower and then you walk into the tower, you go up an elevator, a robot hands you a key, you turn around and go back down the elevator. I was like, is that seriously all that's happening here? <laughs> like, this is a lot of BS exposition that like you could have just told me or shown me in a quick kind of cutscene. Like I didn't have to do any of this and it really gets nowhere very slowly. And then finally, like the action starts and it's, it's cool once the action starts and it, uh, I, you know, seeing the trailers for this, I kind of expected it to be a little bit more first person shooter, but the first thing you get is an ax and it's like, oh, you're going to be up close and personal with these robots. Like, let's take them out. Let's go. Um, but it's also just weird for me uh, with with the game being set in this, like, I mean, you know, it starts to fall apart pretty quickly. But, like, at the start of it, it's just kind of like this perfect version of, like, Russia or the USSR kind of thing. And it's like, with everything going on in the world right now, is this the setting that I want to be, like mm. – in a fantasy tech world about kind of thing. Like, you know, they won world war two and now like they're the super tech advanced kind of thing. And it's like, okay, well maybe it would have been cool if the, you know, things did go that way and they weren't what they're doing now. Um, Cause now they kind of, you know, aren't great yeah. uh, to say the least. Um, so it's, it's just been like weird, like playing through it and being like, okay, yeah, they're like, Russian robots taking over everything and some guy, but it's never like so far anyway. And like, I'm too early on to be super spoilery, but like so far it's not like the Russians fault. It's like some traders fault. Right. So um, I don't know. It just feels weird to be like, yay, Russia's cool. And it's like, I don't really want to kill robots. And then there's like awkwardly sexual stuff in it. Like there's this like robot jukebox looking thing (laughs) that you go to, to upgrade your weapons and it's like the most overtly disturbingly sexual stuff that I've ever heard in a game. And it's like, what am I playing? Like you've gone from like mother Russia and there's like weird bots trying to kill you. And then this other bots like saying some very perverse things to you. And it's like, I just, I, I don't get the tone that it's going for. Like if the game was like, um, like Duke Nukem the whole way through, you kind of expect that. But when it comes out of like this nowhere, like there's robots, there's stress, there's like this, there's that, you're trying to sneak through. You don't have very much ammo. It's very like resident evil kind of vibes to it. And then mm-hmm. there's this machine that's saying some like pretty vulgar stuff to you. It's like, it's very off putting. Um, so I don't know if I have to be in like a different mindset to play this. Like I said, I put, a couple hours into it. Cause I want it to kind of see if I'd ease into it, but um, it's, yeah, it's not like super strong pulling me back so far. And if anyone's played it further, I'd love to hear like, should I stick with it? Or is this the game I'm getting? Cause like, I don't know, man, right now I'm kind of ready to bail on it. It's so it's interesting. Like some of the gameplay is interesting, but I don't know, man, it's, it's, there's a weird feeling for me through, through this game. So Mark, I've gotten, I've, I've not played as far as you did. Um, and this game is a visual showpiece. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's by a team great. from Russia. That's the hard part, right? It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a, and then when you start hearing comrade, 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 and it just feels like I struggled to feel like 
I don't want to, I don't know if I feel good in this world. And I totally get it. Yeah, not at all. You, you can feel like you're in a world where this is a dystopian future where maybe it's, it's made to feel like this is like a wonderful world they've created and it's great, but there are flaws and you then have to, it's like Bioshock, right? It's like they try to create a yeah. wonderful world and then you find that this, the society is built on lies and it falls apart. And I kind of feel like there's some of what they're doing. It just, I don't know if the studio, my Munfish, I think is the studio, is competent enough to do it well. To your point, Mark, about the weird, like what they bring in to show you the way it looks is beautiful and you're an agent essentially undercover. And it's a, it's a snooze for the first two hours essentially where there's not gameplay really it's just showing you the world and you do a little bit of this like you get this glove and it's talking to you but you really don't know what to do with the glove and it's just very weird and then to your point mike i've heard mark i've heard about the uh the weird sex vendor bot which is kind of like the uh it's kind of like the bioshock it's a carnival of values type of thing but it's Mm -hmm. doing the same thing but just that's not sexy and this for some reason is and apparently they abandon the sexiness of it later on and then I've heard like the combat's not that solid. And so it's almost like the so, summit's so, parts don't pay off, right? Yeah. So like the combat's very quick, but also at one point today, like I was trying to play it for a bit and it just wouldn't switch back to my ax. Mm. And my, my shotgun was out of ammo. Like I had to reload, but the reloading so slow. I was just like, switch back to the ax, switch back to, and I hit it like three times and got socked by a robot. And it was like, okay, well, I guess that didn't work. It's like, and then it's like, has to reload again. You died, load, spawn back in, start back. And like, luckily I landed some better shots with a shotgun and killed the robot that I was trying to kill without having to switch to my ax. But it was just like, just make the buttons work. Just make yeah. the combat work. Like it, it just, from what I've heard, it just seems like the, uh, the juice isn't worth the squeeze, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, and uh, games only, uh, there's so many games you only have so much time to make a first impression. And if you don't nail it right away, it's like, what's the draw to bring me back in? Is it the story? Is it something? And I definitely did not feel like coming back to the game, but I'm like, I, I don't want to, I want to give it a firm impression, but everybody I've heard from it just said, it's like, it's, it's nothing's going to bring you back to say, this is well worth it. It's one of the best games of the year. Some people have applauded it and that's fine, but I just, I, First impressions are, you know, typically the only impression sometimes you get, you give a game and because there's too many things to draw you away. And for me, and based on what you said, and it's like, I feel like you're echoing a lot of things I had. And I'm like, you haven't told me anything that makes me feel like, well, yeah, Todd, you should put an extra two hours in this game because it's going to be that much better. So, eh, yeah. And it's, it's game pass. So it's no loss, but, you know, Xbox has been touting this game and maybe it wasn't the right game to get behind. Yeah. Don't know. Yeah. Do you think I'm, that you're going to go back to it? Like, are you going to play I won't. more of it, or or I don't you, think I'm going to. Yeah. At, at this point, I think so. So so far, I wanted to play it based solely on trailers. I I I kind of avoided uh, real reviews for this. I yeah. I, I revo- avoided like videos and, and things uh, diving into it, and I I haven't really listened to podcasts that have talked about it so far or i've skipped past that part because it like like todd said xbox was kind of touting it as like hey cool it's it's game pass day one and i was kind of excited for it and it looked it was giving off some bioshock vibes i think now is the time for me to go through and 
hear some reviews, read some reviews, go back to those podcasts and see what people that I trust are saying. Mm -hmm. And if those people are like, stick with it, hour five, it picks up. I might. Um, but I've also heard that about a couple of other games. Uh, Alien Isolation was one of them. It was like, it gets good after 10 hours. I don't have the time. I put in, what, do we agree to that one? Like three hours or something like that, Todd? Mm -hmm. And I was just like, yeah, counting down the minutes until yep. I was like, this game is not exciting. I've got too much stuff to do. I've got a two-year-old. For anyone watching the video, uh, you can see the blood on my face. My two-year-old wanted to give me a kiss and uh, grab my face hard. So uh, he he takes away my, my health bars and stamina. Um, he said, dad, get good. <laughs> so, so my, my limited time to play games, uh, do I want to go back into something that's going to take 10 hours to get good? Or do I want to put another 50 hours into Pokemon that I, I know I love? Um, it's, well, it's, it's always a tough balance for me. Right? It's funny because when you were describing it, at least in the beginning, you were like, oh, you got to grab this key. Then you go down the elevator. And then I was like, oh, this sounds like Pokemon. Like as much as I like Pokemon, yeah. that's the same thing. Like you, you go, the professor visits your house and is like, Hey, I have something really important to tell you. Come visit yeah. me at the lab. And it's like, you can, but that's after an hour cut scene though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, so that's, so yeah. Imagine oh, there, like there's an hour cut scene. It's like well, non-interactive. You're basically oh, going geez. through and seeing the world and yeah. Yeah, it's a very, very long opening. Think of the the opening for Pokemon, but you don't get a cute companion mm -hmm. after ten minutes, um, or five minutes, or, or it just yeah, it it takes an hour, um, and then you're kind of like, okay, sure, yeah, the, nothing happened in that hour. I just wasted. Wow. I could have watched, you know. Mando and the Bad Batch, yeah. but instead I, I wasted an hour watching this useless cutscene of a guy talking to his glove, and uh, it's not interactive at all. Like there's no very much. little interaction. Yeah, very little. If oh, there it's is more interaction, like, it's yeah. uh, hold the stick in to walk through a crowd, or again yeah. into a building, up an elevator, down an elevator. It, it's very very minimal. You, you feel like you're in, in a market and you can relate to this Disney or a theme park. It feels like you're in a small world Soviet Union. <laughs> you're almost, it's yeah, it's very weird. Song. Exactly. And you might get busted by the authorities. Yeah, it's, it's very uh, weird. Yeah, not a not a strong opening at all. No, I, I got really tired. I'm like, and I just feel like very disconcerting considering world events to me. And it's like. I don't know if I want to yeah. live in this world right now. I just, yeah, I can't get past the Russia thing, to be honest. It's, it's just, weird. So much uh, disrespect for that country and supporters of that country and what they're doing. And uh, I just. Did I, I tell you, Mark, that really I got happy. actually, essentially, essentially, I think uh, assaulted on Twitter by someone when I mentioned very similar things about this game I was playing and I'm like, I don't know if I like this feels very disconcerting considering things. And I had a person coming out of the blue and essentially sounded almost like a propagandist saying, why don't you like this? You just want to kill Russians. It was just very weird. I'm like, no, no, I, I wasn't yeah. going there. You're, you're killing robots in this exactly. Russian robots. It's just, it, it's weird to hear. It was like weird. Todd said, it's weird to hear comrade, comrade, this comrade, that, you know, Russia's great. We helped win World War II and now we're thriving and everyone loves us and this and that. And it's like, 
cool to have a fantasy world, but you're kind of like real fantasy at this point. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's off-putting. Yeah. It's not the right game for the right time. Maybe yeah. outside of real world events. Nintendo delayed freaking advance wars, man. Like, yeah, I doubt there was any mention mention of any real country anywhere close to that game, but nope. they still delayed the hell out of it. Like, it ain't the right time for this game, man. No. Or like retool it. Cause there's nothing that I've seen so far. That's like, Oh, that's a hundred percent Russia. Like they could have just swapped out some voices or something and just been like, Hey, this is, you know, Russia and just make up a different country that doesn't exist. Like you could have done some other stuff. That's not having real world mixed feelings in there. I think, you know what I mean? Like they're like, like the Bioshock games, like you don't have to tie it to something that exists, right? Like this could be just, it's a floating city in the sky, not tied to any specific real world location. Cool. And you know, cause like the first person you meet aside from like people that you hear on the radio, like first person you meet, it's like a British woman and it's like, okay, cool. Now it's just like generalized Europe. Mm-hmm. Like that could have been good, right? But it's just, it feels weird, man. I don't know. It would be akin to, let's, 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 um, I guess, take a dramatized and romanticized version of the Nazi empire saying, hey, we won. Look at all these Nazis. Isn't it great? And it's like, it's kind of tone deaf. It's weird. It'd be like Wolfenstein, but if Wolfenstein celebrated instead of being like, this isn't the future that I wanted, no. let's do some stuff. You know, like it's, it's just, yeah, it's so the first few hours anyway are so weird. Maybe yeah. it gets better. Maybe it, it shows some dark underbelly stuff that it's like, you know, I don't, we're exposing. Yeah. We're exposing the, the, the cracks and the narrative and it's not really that. And there's people that are within this regime that are being, uh, held back and this is about their salvation but that narrative is not really well known at this point mm. so if if someone has played it more than us please feel free I, yeah. i'd love to hear should i stick with this should i dump it you know like i said i'm probably going to go back and and read some reviews and watch some videos and listen to some podcasts and see if it's worth my time um but early impressions are I might be ditching this. It's rough. Sea of Thieves has a five-year anniversary coming back. I might start to sail the seas and just have some rum and forget all the real-world <laughs> stuff that this game's bringing up. That's a fair approach, Mark. I, I'd agree. Um, well, I can transition to something else. Also on Game Pass, not controversial unless you uh, want to t- tell Todd to get good. And you know what? I'm open to being told get good. And that is Wolong Fallen Dynasty. This is uh, Namco Techno Tecmo Bandai. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the name of the company. I'm already. Yeah, yeah. I named it. Team Ninja made this game, and this is essentially a pseudo sequel to like Neo or um, oh, I'm trying to think of the other Souls like game they made. Um, and I'm trying to remember. It was um, the Low Ninja with one sword. So it was a little bit different than their standard games, but this game is a cool like ninja gaiden souls like it is high action it is very fun to play um it's got this really funky customization system for your players and i just decided i don't have time like to 
choose all of my aesthetics. I'm just going to do random. And one of the first random customizations I got is like you get like this weird like text like scroll over your face. And I'm like, why is that an option? Wouldn't I want to see what's over <laughs> like like my peripheral vision and seeing his thing? But I just thought it was so hilarious. That was that's an option you could have is just like the scroll going over your face. I thought it was awesome. So I customized the bad appearance. I looked a little bit pasty, um, but it was fun. And it is a game where it is feels like Ninja Gaiden, but it is souls like where if you fail, you have to go back to your checkpoint Go back and find the guy who killed you, get back your souls or your health or whatever, and then do that. But every time you die, you still have to kill all the people that you killed previously. So it is a bit of a frustration that um, you may have to go back and complete the same areas you're going through. But I could see a lot of people be very satisfied with this experience. It's getting good reviews, but... I know enough about myself. This is not a game for me. I got enough from it in my hour of play that I don't want to do that for the next 60 hours or 50 hours or whatever it is to get to the first boss and then die 12 times and do these type of things. So I think it's if you enjoy a melee action game that's fun, that you can choose your path in a Japanese aesthetic with uh demons and undead and big bosses and monsters i think you'll enjoy it but if those type of games have never spoke to you i don't think this is going to be the one that gets to you a a neo sekiro those type of games i mean it's a different approach from like say um uh, the fromsoft games but once again there's several different options you could try and if you've tried those You'll know if it's for you or not. But I think the fact that it's on Game Pass, just try it. It's fun. I, I enjoyed it. I even told my son who played Bloodborne, played Elden Ring, I think he might like it. Um, but for me, I got enough out of it to say, yeah, I'm glad I tried it. It just didn't speak to me to say I want to put 20 to 30 hours into this process to get good, to understand people's stance, to understand a way to attack, uh, a, a, you know, attack a villain and learn from it. So, and you do get um, uh, like a different co-op player to play with you, which is fun. I think it's neat because you could see what they can do to distract. And so you can complement their play or vice versa. It's a pretty neat, but um, yeah, I mean, I think this is what Xbox needs to do though with game pass in an era where they don't have a lot of new games before they had hi-fi rush, but their next game that is coming out is Minecraft legends. Is that the game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Until then. So it's like, you essentially have almost four months of nothing. Um, so you have to get these type of games to really, uh, show the service has a lot of merit. So atomic heart and this games, so it's the right approach and that's good because it get people to come back to game pass. So I applaud them for doing this. They didn't do this last year. I think last year was very barren except for like MLB the show. So I'm glad they're doing it this year and I think it's the right approach. So, um, and the great thing is game pass is cheap. It's free. There's trials. Um, so this game wasn't a win for me, but it was really fun to try out just to get excited about something new. Cool. But, but the, really the game that I've been playing is Hogwarts Legacy. And, you know, we, we've talked about this, Mark. It's not for everybody. There's arguments against it. Totally get it. But this game is making me so happy. I'm having such a good time. I'm just enjoying all the different um, aspects it brings to the table. And if you are a Harry Potter fan and you don't care about the drama around it and you just want to be that world, this game is doing so many things 
that you have wanted to do. Like you can raise, like you can have your own room of requirement. And within that you have like your own area of like, uh, you know, fantastic beasts where you can raise them and treat them like Pokemon, where you can get things from them like feathers and fur to do spells. And you build your room of requirement. You can get, get all the cool costuming and then you can um, upgrade it. You can then transmogrify it. So if you like a specific aesthetic of like glasses, you keep those, um, but you apply those that effect to the better gear, which is awesome. So you can look the way you want. You don't get penalized like destiny. Destiny was the worst. It's like, I have great gear, but I look like I'm a hobo and I've got gear. I found at a flea market and I don't look good, but I'm just, that's the way I look to get my best level. So I'm really enjoying this game and it's got lots of great, um, even seasonal, um, world you can like it changes from like the spring to christmas to the fall with pumpkins it's great i'm really enjoying it all the different side missions all the different the way the world reacts and i'm just having a blast i love the combat and the uh just the fun you have with combat like you can use like uh levitate and bring people forward and use uh freeze and fire and um shield and oh it's great i'm just loving it so very cool you know it just i can't say much about this game and i was not expecting to love this game and i've got to finish this game before re4 remake comes out so it's on my list to finish up and go from there nice well that is it for what we've been playing so now it's time to get into the bonus round and this one's exciting because we have a video game amusement park coming in the u.s we already happened in japan super nintendo world opened in japan uh, i believe in 2022 now in the u.s at universal studios in california we have the first video game amusement park launching now in tandem with the mario movie happening uh, essentially just a month away on the 7th of april so cheesy how did you get invited to this yeah, so uh, I would love to say that Nintendo reached out to me, and I will just full honesty say that wasn't the case. Um, oh. I actually have a friend who I play Splatoon with and uh, another friend, and we were playing at that time, and um, she goes, oh, did you tell Cheesy what we're doing this weekend? And I was like, oh, what are you guys doing? And my buddy said, oh, yeah, uh, because I you know work with, dreamworks uh i get to do a preview of super nintendo world and i was like i'm so happy for you guys you know i'm not jealous at all you know like that kind of thing and then he was like would you like to go and it was just kind of a spur of the moment opportunity this was on a monday they were going on sunday and wow oh my goodness and just kind of like what mark was talking about earlier times are tough my wife and i we got laid off around the same time and I told her about it and I was like, I don't think I can pass up this opportunity. And she's like, oh, no, you're going like she was <laughs> in full support, like that. I had to go. So let's uh, go. Oh, yeah, she, yeah. <laughs> she's amazing. So uh, I I got to go do a, a preview event of Super Nintendo World and it was a, a two hour preview event. So my experience is probably a lot different than what people may be experiencing now, but uh, with what I was able to do, I I think it was a a great time. So the unwashed masses are allowed into the park now, right? Yes, correct. Okay. 
Okay, so this, just to give the lay of the land, Universal yes. Studios in California. I've oh. been to Universal Studios in uh, Florida, where they okay. have the uh, Hogsmeade, they have the World of Harry Potter, then they have the rest of the things in that world. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the lay of the land in California, so is there so Nintendo, uh, Super Nintendo World is its own place within the whole park, correct? Correct. So I will say just uh, approaching Super Nintendo World, it's so exciting. And like you said, it's our our amusement park that's based on video games. Or right now, it really should just be called Mario Land. But mm-hmm. hopefully they'll be expanding to uh, other properties. But it, it is really cool to be in the center of that land and say like, I am in the mushroom kingdom right now. And that's, that's the castle and that's Bowser's castle, which looks amazing. And just to think like Nintendo started off as like a card company basically. And then they made consoles. And now here we are living in their world. That is something that like really just got me emotional. Honestly, it was it was a really great yeah. moment that I don't know if I ever thought we would get to see. So, have you have you been to Galaxy's Edge? I haven't, not yet. No. Okay. All right, because I you're describing that, and I had a very similar experience in Galaxy's Edge. It was walking through, and you kind of come out. You know, depending on which entrance you you know you're walking through, like the Muppets theaters right here. And then you kind of go through this corridor and it's just like, Oh, Oh, I'm in star Wars now. Yeah. Like, you know, there's, Oh, there's a ship over here and Oh, and then you kind of round a corner and it's like, that's the GD millennium Falcon. And there's tears in my eyes. And I am living this childhood dream that I never thought would be real. And that's the same kind of vibes that I'm getting. Um, Scale wise, uh, galaxy's edge, for me was, was, uh, big, big enough. The crowd was dispersed enough. The ride times were a little long and, and you know, that happens when it's new rides. I was there two weeks after it opened. So you can yeah. kind of expect things to be uh, a little you know, tumultuous. Um, how do you feel like, uh, size wise, is there enough for a decent crowd? Is there enough places to move around? Is, is there enough there, uh, as of right now is, you know, like what's, what's it like? So I guess looking back at it, like when I was there, I was really excited. And uh, now that I'm able to like kind of step away from that moment and and look back, uh, California, it's the where it's it's sitting right now is up against the backlot studio tour, which is not a lot of room. And if they're going to expand, I have no idea how they're going to do that. So that's a little worrisome. Um, and like I said, for me, it was a two hour preview event. So we got to do pretty much what we wanted to do. And there were a lot of people, but I wouldn't say to the amount of it's opening day and it's right. super crowded and people can barely move. Like I, I've seen some some uh, some footage that is honestly looks very overwhelming. Um, so I think when it comes to Florida, it's going to be a lot better because they are building Epic universe and that's going to be part of their Epic mm. universe. And we know that they are getting a donkey Kong ride as well. So they'll, they'll have, you know, the Mario Kart ride and donkey Kong and that, that donkey Kong land. Um, so 
it's a it's a lot of fun but yeah just be ready if you're going it might be a little crowded hmm but it's also one of those things that i don't think you can pass up if you're going to universal studios hollywood right now that's that is the best place that you could be and that yeah so that's that's one of the things you mentioned it, it has one ride Yes. And that's the, the Mario Kart ride. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I've heard rave reviews on is like the food is, is yeah. an experience. Yeah. So again, very much mirroring when I was at Galaxy's Edge, only one of the two rides were open. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest was experience. It was building your own lightsaber, drinking the drinks, finding the blue milk stand, yeah. having weirdly named food and, and weird concoctions. Um, seems like a very similar kind of vibe. Uh, is, is the experience kind of like you think of a theme park and it's like ride, 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 ride. Uh, is it just for me in galaxy's edge again was like just standing there staring around. I was like, I could stay here all day. Yeah. Uh, you know, I read the book on the plane. So I was like, oh, you see that that's where this happened. Or you see that banister. That's where a Wookiee fell off after he got shot and he bent the railing. Like that was like, it was those little world building things of like finding a little hidden thing over there, finding mm-hmm. this, like, could you spend two hours in this and not touch a ride and still be satisfied and not touch a ride? Um, that is a good question. Uh, I think, I think you could, I think you could, if you weren't going on the Mario Kart ride, just to say that you've experienced super Nintendo world, um, you would have a good time. And so part of it though, part of that experience is going to cost you. Obviously that's, you know what theme parks do. They nickel and dime you, but you will get a uh, power up band and Mm -hmm. um, there's six power up bands. Yeah. So this is the Luigi band and it costs $40. Whoa. So as soon as you get in the park, you don't have to get it. But I highly recommend it if you're wanting the full experience of Super Nintendo World. But also, what's kind of cool about this uh, power-up band is it works as an amiibo. So coins that you collect in Super Nintendo World, you can transfer them over into Mario Kart. You can also have like a Luigi um, costume for your me. So it's not like a great amiibo, but kind of cool that you're able to like take this back home and still use it. So w- would an amiibo work the same in the park? Like, could you take it? Cause it's, it, you touch that band to mm-hmm. different areas in the park and something will light up or something, you know, you get some coins you, or, or you hit a Koopa, yeah. right. Or it does a, a reaction, what, right? Yeah. Yeah. If I brought my Luigi amiibo with me, does it do the same thing? Or is, do you, it, do you it might make the same like sounds if you're like hitting a question mark block. But on the back of the power up band, there's a QR code. So you scan the QR code and then it takes you to the Super Nintendo World app. And then I was like Team Luigi. So for that day, you are on Team Luigi. And that's kind of fun because you see all the different like uh, Mario, Peach, Yoshi, Toad, Daisy and Luigi. Um, And so for the day or at least I think it's within the four hour span, it will tell you like, what team is winning and then it will just clear it out for the next group. Uh, but then it will show you all day. So like what team has been doing the best all day. Um, so it, it's pretty interactive. And and that's the part I think, even though it's pricey, as soon as you get in the park, get that power up band, because then 
when you're going and exploring and hitting a, a question mark block, well, you get a stamp for hitting your first question mark block. And then uh, cool. there's little 8-bit characters you can find in the park. Like there might be a little uh, Mario symbol on a wall and you use your power-up band to scan it. And then uh, 8-bit Mario pops up, stuff like that. And you get stamps. So like if you're also a completionist, probably aren't going to complete it in one day. Actually, I know you're not going to complete it because we got a stamp that was like you visited Super Nintendo World through the months of December through January. So they're Ooh. wanting you to come back multiple times. <laughs> They've got it all they figured you. out. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Holy. Yeah. I was going to say because I did uh, Universal Studios Orlando and did the uh, Hogwarts uh, Diagon Alley, Hogmeads, and getting the to Mark's point, getting your doing all the things you there. I mean, getting your wand and then interacting with the world. Uh, there are multiple uh, park uh, rides there. We did not get to do the new ride when we were there because it was just opening up. But there was three rides, and so I could see where this complements better once it's part of a bigger thing. Because then you could say, "Well, I'm not going to spend all day in Mario World, but I'm going to come back and do some cool things." So I think it works better in a complementary of just like I'm not going to spend all day in. Hogsmeade or in Diagon Alley, I'm going to go and, and ride the Transformer ride, do things like that. I think yeah. that's where it brings in the whole value of uh, I can do this and I'm not just thinking about one aspect of it, but it adds to it and it's additive and it gets bigger, especially when they bring in more rides. So um, my question is, though, the one ride that was there was the yes. Mario Kart ride. So how was it? I've heard it's like a mix of AR VR AR is it what is it like yeah so there is one ride I want to mention it real fast that there is a secret attraction I wouldn't really call it a ride but part of the Super Nintendo world is you have to go and collect three keys and if you get the three keys then you get to go to uh, Bowser Jr.'s castle to rescue the golden mushroom like that's the whole point of, of the land yeah, okay. so Whoa. there's like a reason for why you're doing all There's a meta game involved. Okay. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And so there's the way that you get the three keys is little interactive mini games, but they're not like a, a touch screen or anything. It's like um one was to don't wake up the piranha plant. So they had a bunch of huge like alarm clocks and they're in like different zones. So you had like one zone and then another zone over here and then another zone over here. And uh if an alarm clock is like going off and it's blinking red, you know, you, you slap it. So, uh, you know, stuff like that. And, and within the time limit, you just don't wake up the piranha plant. Another one was a Goomba that's like rolling on a log and you just have to keep cranking it and cranking it and cranking it until it falls over. Stuff like that. So it's very interactive. Like mini quests. Bring some hand sanitizer. Oh, uh, because (laughs) (laughs) you're going to be touching a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. And I like those those areas. Now, when I went, the lines weren't that long. From what I've seen, though, if you're not on the Mario Kart ride, you're going to be trying to collect keys or be doing something. And I guess mm. those lines get pretty long and there is no shade, at least when I went. Hopefully yeah. you've figured that out. You know, they put some some canopies up or, or, or something, you know, something that that works. But uh, that might be a problem. Yeah. But uh, so when you're on the Mario Kart ride, you can also use your power up band and that will get you 
a stamp in the Super Nintendo world. Uh, but the ride itself is AR and it it's a lot of fun. I was really enjoying myself like you go through uh, like Luigi's Mansion, you go through Bowser's Castle, you go underwater and they do a really great job. It is a dark ride, so it is, I guess, a little slow, but when you're looking around at everything, it doesn't feel like it. And they, I think they do a really good job of making it feel like you're going faster than you actually are. And uh, if you know Mario Kart, you'll know some of the sounds that are happening. Like there, at one time we got uh, electrocuted, you know, with someone used a, a lightning item and it feels like you're small. And so like, you know, you're just familiar cool. with, with uh, those uh, things that are happening at that time. So it, you have these uh, AR goggles i guess it's like a, a visor you get a, a, a mario hat and then when you get up to the ride they have a visor that just kind of snaps into place it's magnetic and the part that i've heard a lot of people say they're kind of iffy on the ride about is that it can be a little overstimulating because mm. the way that the ride works as you see uh your mario characters like the the Bowser characters, those are the ones that you're you're using your items on and uh, you are looking around and that's how you aim. So you have triggers on the steering wheel. And then if you're wanting to hit your shell at someone, you look in that direction and you hit the button. So even though there's like a lot to be, you know, there's a lot around you and a lot to look at. You are also looking all over the place to try to get these characters. Hmm. It's not a, like a roller coaster, though. It's more. It sounds no. more like the toy. It's like a story ride. Yeah, because yeah. there's a Toy Story ride at yes. Disney that I did. That it's very similar. Like I'm using uh, kind of like an interactive experience to do that, but it's not yeah. like I'm going on Space Mountain. I'm going 30 miles per hour. I feel it. This is more of an interactive experience that's yeah. more um, for all ages versus like oh you can't take your two year old because they probably puke or no, they can't ride that, it they'll enjoy it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know if they'll, uh, well, probably too young everything. for two year olds. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. With that age. Yeah. yeah. So Finn might not be able to do it yet, Mark. Yeah. 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 So, um, the last part is the, like, obviously the experience It's like, does it feel like Mario food in those carts? I've heard so much about the food there and that experience. And like, was it toads cafe? Toad's How's that? Cafe. Yeah, uh, actually, it was probably like my favorite part of it just because it's a sit down restaurant. And even before you want to go eat, you have to get a reservation. And so there's people outside with the iPad and you put your name down and then they'll text you when your table is ready. But uh, it's a sit down restaurant and everything is really well thought out um, for like our meal. We got a, we got a bunch of different meals like mine was a Luigi. It was the Luigi burger, which is a chicken sandwich, I think is perfect because Luigi's a chicken, a chicken. Yeah. Yeah. And with ghost pepper, like, is it have ghost pepper cheese? It don't, uh, no, it had Aww, a big mistake. But yeah, you're right. Oh. It should have had ghost pepper cheese or like at least pepper jack or something to make it a little spicy. But mm -hmm. uh, it had a bell pepper pesto everything green on it. And then uh, it had a painted mustache and then it comes with a Luigi topper hat. Nice. 
That's so awesome. You, you can take that home if you want as a little souvenir. They also have a Mario Sweet. burger. They've got a um, superstar chicken salad where all the croutons are star shaped. Uh, they had the uh, fireball spaghetti and it's a uh, comes out with a little Parmesan crisp of a fire flower. And oh, wow. yeah, so it's all like really Instagrammable food. You know, if that, mm. if that's like your thing, uh, you're going to love it there. But what makes it really great is while you're sitting and waiting for your food, you have screens that are kind of all around you. And you're either looking at the mushroom kingdom of toads, just like walking around or where we got to sit, which I highly recommend if you get the opportunity is towards the kitchen and you see toads just working away on what is possibly your food, but everybody has a job and it's so cute to like see them chopping food. And then the other one comes by, grabs the pot and goes and takes it somewhere else. And they all have to like walk up step stools to even get up to the counter or the stove. Uh, but during your dining experience, there's one part where you know the music you're listening to is like uh, Galaxy and 3D World and just really good music. But then all of a sudden, it gets really dark and heavy and the skies are turning gray and you're like, what is going on? And Bowser's airship is like flying through and bullet bills are coming down and the toads in the kitchen kind of like hear about it. And they're like, we don't know what to do. And they kind of like run in a circle and they're like, we got to get out of here. And there's one toad that is like whisking away at a dish and they like pull the toad out of the kitchen. And then you see that toad go back in and it's like, I got to get this done and starts whisking even faster. But then a bullet bill flies through the kitchen and that's what gets it out. And it's it's just stuff like that that I I love that is the charm and, and something that they didn't need to do, but I'm glad they did. Yeah, and their That's mascot nice. is uh, Chef Toad. Which, <laughs> oh, nice. I, I I love Captain Toad. So the fact that we have a Chef Toad now Chef Toad, makes yeah. me very happy, and makes me wonder oh, what are they doing with Chef Toad? Because as far as like exclusivity of Super Nintendo World, I would say that that is the only thing that is really exclusive That's to that park. Their mascot. Yeah. yeah, so either so, Chef Toad is just for Super Nintendo World, or maybe we'll see him in the Mario movie, or we're getting like a cooking style game. I don't know. That'd be great. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. But uh, I would say wow. for for theme park food, it was really good. Like it's 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 pricey. You know, it's pretty much what you're expecting. Sure. But uh yeah, that w- that was a good time. Very, very cool. And obviously there's a merch store. You can get all the cool stuff. I mean, uh, that's part of the experience with any of these things and totally get it. It's going to be pricey, but you kind of have to expect that. And and hopefully it's, it delivers on the experience, which it sounds like it does. And it's only going to get better as this expands. So um, yeah. And I guess I kind of like skipped over some things is as far as, you know, Right now, it is just a Mario Park, but I think they do a great job of giving us some kind of Mario lore that we don't really get a lot of in the in the Mario games. Like we're probably going to see that with the Mario movie, but at least with the queue line of uh, the Mario Kart Bowser's Challenge, it takes you through um, takes you through like the Mario Kart room, and you get to see all the trophies and the Universal Cup which is the thing that you're after. So if you get a hundred coins, you get the universal cup. 
I did cool. not because my band didn't work on the ride, but I think it's great that I got no. Luigi'd at Super Nintendo World, so it makes it makes yep. it a little better, you know. Um uh the the other part that you go through is like Bowser's chamber or his his library, I guess, because uh there's a lot of great books while you're just like waiting in line that are titled like Deja Vu or uh, which Koopa is your, or how to tell your Koopas apart, red and green or dental hygiene for chain chomps, you know, just stuff like that, that actually shows that Bowser cares for his minions. And I kind of hope we see that in the movie. Like he's a single dad and he's taking care of all of these minions. Like I want to see that part of Bowser. That's like, you know what? Maybe this guy's just doing his best. That's it. Yeah, that's amazing. Was yeah, how Jack to talk to Princess doing the was Jack Black doing the Bowser voice or is that just not uh synergy yet? No, they don't they don't have any anybody okay. talking. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, it's good to know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think a lot is is really well thought out. Um and they have uh, an area just outside of the the ride where you can like look through the binoculars, you know, that you look through in like 3D world, the green and mm-hmm. yellow ones. You can look through those and that's AR. So you can see the people that are walking around the park, but then you also might see like a question mark block flying through or uh, Wendy is on top of a a mushroom. And apparently there's a Pikmin somewhere, but I couldn't find it. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Very cool. We're at the beginning of this journey and it's going to get even better, especially they'll be doing new things in Japan. Uh, Mm -hmm. We've got uh, Florida opening very soon, and that's going to be the biggest probably uh, of these things because they've got the most room to uh, expand, especially talk about Universal Studios will be doing that. And, you know, I, I think the fact that they did the Harry Potter one first leads them into they know how to do these worlds that are expansive you walk in and you feel like you're part of the the universe so this is very very cool um so we can't wait so thank you cheesy for taking you through this journey but you know what enough about just this we want to go beyond that so we want every one of us to give our picks for what would we want for our own picks for an attraction at our own amusement park from any video game franchise, not just Nintendo go beyond that. So I can start with mine. If that helps give everybody a little bit extra time before they do theirs. So I'm going to go with Castlevania. I'm going to go with Castlevania. I want one of those spooky rides. So I did this at the Minnesota state fair. We had a really crappy, probably 45 second ride and this crappy like horror themed, but it was not horrific at all. It was like a little mine cart takes you through. And I'm like, there's a crappy skeleton, not spooky whatsoever, but I want the Castlevania treatment. I want skeletons throwing bones at me. I want uh, Simon Belmont. I want Dracula. I want that in a immersive 3d, maybe AR. I want that spooky treatment with Castlevania. Give it to me now. Um, Castlevania is inept, so I won't. I know I won't get that. So I don't know. That's what I want. <laughs> Castlevania in an amusement park ride. That sounds fun. Like that it. sounds kind of yeah. like um, what you could do the same as like the Indiana Jones ride. If you ever yeah. have mm. ridden that. Yeah. Or Luigi's Mansion ride. I mean, just something oh, spooky, creepy, goofy, weird. Yeah, exactly. So and my my original one was actually I was going to say a Luigi's Mansion. 
but similar to kind of a mix of like Haunted Mansion mixed with the Men in Black ride where mm-hmm. you're actually like shooting oh, yeah. things, interact kind of thing. A little slower than the Men in Black because you're trying to suck them up. And suck the them up, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. But, um, that was my original thought. So I'm glad we're, we're all thinking that same kind of spooky vibe. But I went in a different direction. Uh, so um, yeah, I'll drop my next. Uh, I, I did stick with kind of Nintendo though. Uh, so I would love uh, a Pokemon ride similar to the Avatar ride in uh, Animal Kingdom, hmm. um, the where you're, you're sitting on the Banshee and flying all through Pandora, and it's that 3D with like the wind effects, and you can feel the you know you go through a waterfall and you feel like the splash of water on your face. I want that, and you're you're riding some sort of Pokemon, whether it's a legendary bird or something. But you're being you know so so kind of mix of uh, of whatever Flight of Pandora or whatever that ride's called, and uh, um, Soren, uh, also in in Disney World, uh, Epcot, I believe that one's in. Um, Basically like a flight simulator kind of ride where you're going through some of the different regions. You can hit Kanto, you can hit Johto, you can hit uh, the Galar region. And it's something that they could update as they do new games. You could drop it in kind of like Star Tours does where you're flying through different scenarios. So it could be different each time and you don't exactly know which variation of the ride you're going to get at any given point. But you know, you go up through the clouds and you dive back down, you're in a different region and you go you know, close to the ground, you're seeing different Pokemon run around or like a giant Snorlax or something kind of gets in your way. You got to jeer, you know, go to your right, go to your left, whatever. And um, yeah, I think that would be really, really cool. Like I, I love the Avatar ride. I love Soren. Those kind of rides always get me. Star Tours, like mm-hmm. I love that. So yeah, bring me to that in Pokemon. I just want to fly through and be the very best. I think that'd be really cool. That'd be cool. Yep. Uh, cheesy. You already there? Yeah. What do you think they should add? I think I'm going to kind of cheat because like as far as Super Nintendo World, like I've got a lot of ideas. I think not even just attractions, but like we need to have a, a Able Sisters place where you can buy clothing or maybe make your own mm. clothing. That would be so smooth really tune. Cool. Uh, that would no, be Animal, animal Crossing. Crossing, but oh, with God, what am I thinking? Like, I was like thinking, I'm like, I don't know, I don't know this Animal Crossing thing. What you guys are talking about? Is this a new game? Maybe. No, so, uh, Able Sisters just, is a. Uh, just kidding. Mark is all into Animal Crossing. I know nothing about Animal Crossing, so that's why I'm like, oh, because I know you're a big Splatoon fan. I'm like, Splatoon yeah. makes so much sense to do it in a game process, like the playing yeah. the floor. Yeah. But yeah, I don't want to give any, any ideas away. <laughs> I don't know if I would want like a Splatoon ride. I've seen people say something like Toy Story, you know, but it would be the same thing as uh, the Mario Kart ride. I think what works best for Splatoon is a show. Like they already Mm. do the live shows and they already have that technology. Yep. Bring it over to Universal. I think just like 15 minute shows every hour or whatever, like that would, I think, work really well. Yeah. 100%. And then as far as a Pokemon ride, I would love if they did a kitty version of Pokemon Snap. Oh, and you're mm, able to actually shoot. use yeah, your yeah. phone on the ride and you can take your own photos of Pokemon that you see. Oh, like there would I be a reason that. for why you get to use your phone and like, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, that'd be amazing. 
yeah. tie it into Pokemon Go or its own app or something like. Oh, man. oh yeah, yeah, so good. Put it with the Pokemon Plus Plus or whatever that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh shoot, that'd be so good. Yeah, I, I think there's that. there's a lot that they can do. Yeah, um, I wasn't even thinking like for my ride, like taking pictures, but that's such a good spin yeah. on it. Well, because yeah, I'm mean, Pokemon crap. Is that's what I was saying, Mark. Yeah, you could put your uh, soaring and connect it with the Pokemon Snap because you're actually, you know, viewing the world. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And I made a a tweet, I think it was a couple days ago, that it would be neat if uh, this year for Halloween Horror Nights, if they did a Luigi's Mansion. That'd be good. That'd be good. That way the kids have something, you know, and like you also it's Luigi's Mansion. If there's anything that I want, it's more Luigi Mansion, and I'm ready for Charlie Day to be the best Luigi. So we get a Luigi Mansion movie, and yeah, yep, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So, so I am gonna make one extra option that uh-huh. I think would be awesome because I've been to the Spider-Man ride at Universal Studios many times, mm. uh, the Marvel Islands of Adventure. If they could make that the Halo experience where you're going on with Master Chief essentially on like a warthog and you're riding around and you're taking on the the Covenant, that would be amazing. Because I think that's one of the best rides. It's old as heck, but it's amazing. And with the 3D effects and all those things with Spider-Man, it's a really dated ride. But I mean, I, I, I think it's time for Marvel to take back all of the stuff from Universal and put it on Disney. But if you could do that with like some new properties, I think that would be amazing because it's such a cool ride. It's so interactive 3D. And I think Halo would work really well with that. Um, it would bring you into Chief, like trying to protect you. Like he's trying to protect a warthog and taking on the Covenant. I think that'd be really cool, too. I just thought of one. I don't know how you would get it to work, but if they somehow made it feel just as real, it would be amazing. I want to experience Rocket League. Oh, that would be cool. Like the Fast and the Furious, but in a dome and doing all these crazy things. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Flying and yeah. That'd be wicked. I'm trying to think of the best. Now, again, I'm going Nintendo franchise, but like to stick on a roller coaster and I'm going back and forth between Star Fox and Metroid. And I can't decide which one, but like I'm thinking Space Mountain. Mixed with like, yeah, some Star Fox, like Star maybe Fox kind of stuff yeah. coming at you. Um, or the, Mark, even Rock and Roller Coaster that's like everything's coming at you in like neon 3D mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, that yeah, would I think be Star Fox would be Splatoon, sick. maybe. Oh, that'd be awesome too. Just yeah. a Splatoon coaster, yep, just yeah. going through and see it's oh, all the music great. and yeah, well, yeah, Calamari imagine, Incantation. Yeah, like, like that is that right there just sells it. Yeah. yeah. Rock and roller coaster with like spittoon music pumping through and you're going like zero to <laughs> yep. 60 in a second. Oh man. That'd be amazing. Be a huge trip, especially for people yep. that have no idea what Splatoon is. They're exactly. Like, oh, so weird. Those creepy anime <laughs> figures. That'd be so weird. Mark, I was going to say though, the last thing you could do is make, let's just turn that water world attraction universal into a wave race experience. Mm. Yes. Cause nobody, the one nobody knows what water world is anymore. <laughs> What, how many episodes is this? Well, 109. It's taken 109 episodes for Todd to mention Wave Race before I did. <laughs> Folks, yes, mark this one down. 
I might retire right now. Like that, I can't get better than that. Todd just mentioned Wave Race before I did. Are you kidding me? I just listed off three or four different rides before. Why didn't I say a Wave Race ride? I don't even know. I'm, I, <laughs> I guess I'm a bigger I'm, fan, Mark. My, my, my mind is blown right now. Yeah. Call me Todd Wave Race 64 Oxtra. Uh, that's my new <laughs> title. <laughs> that sticks, I quit. It's a good time to only podcast at this point because Mark admits that Todd likes Wave Race more than he does. <laughs> uh, evidently, yeah. Apparently, it's all lives, but oh well. Uh, this has been a fun time. We've gone all over the map. It's been a little bit crazy, but you know what? I blame it on Cheesy because you bring the fun, you bring the crazy, and it's been such a great time having you on. So, Cheesy, tell people where they can find you. Oh, well, thank you for having me back. And I'm just so happy to see you guys. And uh, you can find me on TikTok, on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, CheesyC64, C-H-E-E-Z-Y-C-64. Um, I'm also on the Nintendo Powercast. So you can listen to that wherever you listen to uh, podcasts. Excellent. Wow. This has been fun. I love it. And thank you for telling us all about your times at uh, Universal Studios and Nintendo World. This is awesome. So, Mark, can you tell people where they can find you? Yeah, thanks again, Cheesy. This was this was amazing. I, I'm going to be thinking about rides all night now. Uh, <laughs> but if you want to talk rides or anything else uh, with us, uh, you can find me on uh, those same platforms, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, wherever, at the underscore Canardian. And on Xbox and Switch, if you want to play there as a Canardian, or just hit me up in the Discord channel and uh, and and let's come up with some more rides. And um, you can rub it in my face that I didn't say Wave Race before Todd did. You can follow me at T Oxtra uh, for all things not really related to most of the stuff I do, um, but then for all the good stuff at Secret Friends U for Twitter, uh, SecretFriendsUnite.com for all things Secret Friends. Patreon.com slash Unite for all things we're doing on Patreon. Check us out. See if you want to support us. Thank you for that. And then um, after that, just join our Discord. We're having a good time. We love the people that are there. We're having a great time. And we want to talk about the silliest things that you love in the world of nerd. So with that, thank you, Cheesy. Thank you, Mark. And remember, folks, it's always better to game together. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server, or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.